SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I guaranteed you Steph Curry's MVP odds would be down. He was 60 to 1. You know what he is on FanDuel? 18 to 1. This dude was 60 to 1. He's down to 18 to 1. I told you, I told you, I told you so. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sportsman Radio and Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio feeling all around the nation on this Wednesday, April 21st. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, a YouTube chat as well, right here on an Opposite Picks Wednesday. Uh, between a rock and a hardened place for the Nets, no love for Bryce. Wow, talk about a bad beat. Wow, talk about another bad beat. Ugh. Uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Twin killing for the Tweakies. Way to go, Joey Gallo. Baseball, peanuts, Cracker Jacks. Uh, how about snow, rain, sleet, and no baseball? Uh, the rich get richer in the PGA. And uh, no Kwai, no Damian Lillard, and uh, no win for Portland. We'll get to all those stories, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Wednesday, April 21st. What's up, LLs? How are you on this uh, Wednesday morning? <coughs> Still dealing with the after effects of COVID. Got a lot to get to, as we always seem to do. This time of the year, you really, I mean, if you can't do a show this time of the year, if you can't find something to bet on this time of the year, my good, baseball, we got, uh, you know, the uh, NBA, we got the NHL, we got draft stuff, which is uh, slowly but surely uh, approaching us. This time next week, we'll be uh, getting ready for the draft. So you got all the draft props that we're going to get into. Um, if not this week, then, then certainly next week. I, I've isolated a couple. One thing about the draft betting, you got to be prepared to lay odds. And, and I'm not big on laying odds when it comes to this prop stuff and this goofy stuff uh, like the draft. Um, you know, they make it where it's just, you know, something's going to happen. But who wants to lay 450, 550, 650 on some of this stuff? And, and you can't go the other way because that's a losing bet. So. Um, it's, it's tough to, to make money, uh, with the draft if you just toss a coin type of thing. So ton of baseball stuff to get two to just two brutal bad beats though. Yesterday, uh, we'll, we'll get into it after the upcoming break here, but my goodness, one worse than the other. And, and you generally don't see a bad beat in the NHL outside of an empty net goal. And that's kind of, you know, that, that stuff happens that that's all part of laying a goal and a half. Uh, you know, whether you're laying a goal and a half, you know, you always have a shot. If you're taking a goal and a half in a close game, you know, you're it's always there. You're never out of a loss. So, but we had a different kind of bad beat in the NHL. I, I got to tell you, 
My worst bad beat of all time, I think I told you this, came in the NHL. And, and I've had some bad. We all, you know, if you play, you've had some bad beats. The, you know, the horror stories are there, no doubt for everybody. Right? But my worst was in the NHL, surprisingly enough. But last night was a... Uh, but uh, that was a bad one. That that it was. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time as uh, we get you set for hour number one. Six minutes past the hour on Sports Grid Radio, Series XM Channel 204. So we'll go over all our NBA, NHL plays from yesterday, our trend picks. We'll uh, analyze uh, the unders. Four more shutouts in baseball yesterday. It just never ends. I mean, it's just, uh, the, the again, you know, it's, it's a broken record, but the lack of hitting. I mean, we had a game. I don't know what the record is. I, I, I meant to look it up. But Dodgers-Mariners yesterday afternoon obviously had to come pretty close. The record, I told you, you know, my, my new little love here is uh, not necessarily over-unders because these numbers are getting so low, but it's over-unders on run hits and errors combined. Those are still in the low 20s, which is pretty good. You know, generally that correlates with the over-under total for the runs. And then that's generally, you know, between 22 and 25, 26. And those numbers are still there, even though the over-under number for runs is like down to seven, seven and a half. So to me, you're getting a, a better play on the over-under, under on the run hits and errors. So anyway, um, the, you know, the fewest amount of runs, hits, and errors in a game that you could possibly have is what? One, right? I mean, theoretically, you could have a double no-hitter and a run scores without a run being scored on a basis on a base hit. So, but realistically, two. I know we had, uh, you know, the, the, the back-to-back no-hitters. We, we've, you know, dually pitcher no-hitters. But eventually, in that game, a team scored around a couple of hits. So, I bring it all up only just because... Yesterday, the Dodgers and Mariners combined for four. Four. One run for the Dodgers on two hits. Mariners, no run on one hit. Four. I, I, a four. I mean, you talk about a game that really just is an example, a microcosm of what's happening this baseball season. Seattle, who, oh, by the way, say what you want about Seattle, but, you know, they were 11-6 and six in first place in the American League West yesterday. And the Dodgers, who we all know is obviously a very good team, albeit without Betts and Cody Bellinger. Four combined run hits and errors. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right, bad beats. That's coming up next on Opposite Picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. They've led by as many as 12 here on the fourth. You've been meandering on the offense, though. For three, R.J. Barrett continues a terrific second half. Five to shoot. Rose flips it up and in. Derrick Rose puts the Knicks up a dozen. And timeout all season long continues. 18 threes. And a really nice applause from the fans here in attendance. Rose putting on some finishing touches. So are going to beat the Charlotte Hornets. The longest Knicks streak in seven years is still alive. The longest current streak in the NBA continues, seven in a row. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. 
are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Break up the New York Knickerbockers. Seven straight wins. As you heard, Mike Green, Knicks uh, Radio Network. Uh, maybe that meant an MSG as well. Uh, with the call there, as the Knicks beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, by 12, they get the cover as uh, they get the convincing win, which, you know, again, it's Charlotte. But you know what? Earlier in the year, I will say this, the Knicks have made some progress here. Earlier in the year, the Knicks were winning some big games against good teams, but then they would come home or, you know, they would beat the Celtics one day, then lose to the Teacups the next day. You know, they would beat Denver one day and then lose to teams like Charlotte. You know, decent clubs, but... You know, games that you got to win if you want to make the playoffs at home. You know, you, you got to beat Charlotte at home. You, you just do. You know, uh, even though the Hornets are actually, you know, uh, heading into last night, only two games under on the road, 14 and 16, now 14 and 17. And, you know, basically a 500 team, as the Knicks are, despite this, you know, little run here, five games over now. But they got to get these wins. So that's why games like this are, are nice wins for the Atlanta Hawks or for the uh, New York Knicks. You got to separate yourself from being that 500 team because that 500 team as we always like to say is is 500 for a reason because they're good enough to win some games but then they're bad enough to lose games that they're supposed to win it's the teams that can win some of those really tough games and then win the games that they're i.e. supposed to win that end up finishing you know five to ten games over 500 so good win for the next last night 109 97 now that said Bad beat number one, and I just kind of let the uh, the, you know, the cat out of the bag, but you probably just missed it anyway. So the Knicks last night, after the first quarter, were trailing the Hornets 33-30. Knicks last night at the half were trailing the Charlotte Hornets 66-60. to You can't do math. That's 126 points. Over-under last night dropped to 208. You're at 126. You need 83 points in the second half for the game to go over, right? After three quarters, it's Knicks 91, Charlotte's uh, 76, 82, right? Uh, You're at 173 points after three quarters. You need 109. You need 38 points when everything is said and done to get in the fourth quarter for the game to go over. In a game that's flying over. I mean, 38 points, you know, even in a typical New York Knicks, you know, boring, you know, 95-90 win, they're capable, more than capable, of getting 38 points, right? I mean, 38 points. Come on, come on. You know, that that's nothing. You can get one team score 38 points uh, in a quarter in the NBA these days. Let's see how things turned out, shall we? 91-82. They start to the play Knicks by nine, which is a good number. As over no, over players know, you you, you kind of like to have that uh, five to nine ten point gap because the teams that are leading don't play as great defense. Teams that are behind, you know, grab the oh by the way twos late in the game. There's some fouling late in the game. I, I, there's just no way this game's not going over two oh eight. 
So we need 38 points. All right. First minute goes by, we get two points. We're at 93.82. Second minute goes by, you get another two points. All right. Slowly but surely, you're at 93.86. No big deal. Third minute goes by, we get uh, four more points. All right. Again, we're creeping there. We're at, uh, you know, uh, 183. We're, We're moving along. Or more than that now, actually. Yeah, no, 183. Started with 73. So they get 10 points in the first three minutes. Not, not too, too shabby. Let's fast forward, as, as we uh, like to do. Uh, at the six-minute mark, you're at uh, 102.92. All right, so you're at 194 points. So I need uh, you're at, I need 13 points in six minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, you, you're writing it down. Uh, yeah, that's a winner. Man, I should have doubled down. This was Wetzel's best bet yesterday on opposite picks. Oh, man. Uh, you know, good thing I didn't do this, this uh, you know, because I had the under. Uh, good thing I didn't. Uh, you know what? Uh, but I should have, you know, going opposite. I should have like, doubled down with the opposite play. 102.92. Perfect little scenario. Six and a half left. Minute goes by. No scoring. P.J. Washington with a dunk with 508 left, right? Now we're at 197, all right? We need uh, uh, 11 points for the push, 12 for the win. 12 points, 12 in five minutes of an NBA game in 2021. No problem. Minute goes by, no scoring. Miss, 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 miss. We're at 102.95 with four minutes left. Uh, Half a minute goes by. We finally get a jumper, three-pointer from R.J. Barrett. We're at 105.95, right? We're at 200. We need nine points. Eight for the push in three minutes and 38 seconds. Eight lousy, stinking points, right? If you got the over. Minute goes by, miss, miss, turnover. No points. Now you're starting to worry. Now you're down to two and a half, and you're starting to like, no. Derrick Rose makes a jumper. You're at 107.95 with two and a half left. Now you need eight points. Feeling a little bit better. Timeout Hornets. Need a big bucket. We need a possession here and a bucket. We need this desperately to keep them in the game. Jalen McDaniels, whoever the fudge that is, misses a three-pointer. Knicks ball. Knicks miss a three-pointer. Charlotte ball. Charlotte makes it two to cut it to 107.97 with a minute 43 left. Right, We're at 204. We need five lousy points at a minute 43 in a 10-point game. Five. You're sweating, but, you know, okay, it's going to happen. R.J. Barrett missed three-pointer. Charlotte Ball, Devontae Graham, whoever the fudge that is, missed three-pointer, Knicks Ball. Derrick Rose, 12-foot jumper, 109.97 with 43 seconds left. You need three points in 43 seconds. Terry Rozier, we've heard of him, of Charlotte, takes a three-pointer. No good. Knicks get the rebound, 34 seconds left. They turn the ball over. You got one last shot, one last hope. There's 10 seconds left. It's 109.97. Just throw up a three-pointer, Charlotte. Don't take the dopey, you know, two-pointer 
Although, quite frankly, at this point, if you have the over, you take the push. And what does Charlotte do? Oh, they do the classy thing, and they run out the clock. They don't take a shot, and the game goes under. 109.97. Wow. That, my friends, is a bad beat. You needed 10 points in about four and a half minutes of an NBA game and you in a, in a relatively close game, and you couldn't get it. Ugh. Welcome to gambling. Cha-ching, cha-ching. The under hits. The Lord giveth, though, and the Lord taketh away. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. He's already in his short tenure. Look out here. Here is Brian Russ flying in. He scores! Incredible play. Brian Russ makes it 2 nothing. Take a look. Tip back up high. He's here for Severson. A blast. Never got through. It's blocked, and this one's over. Getzel at the top of the zone. Penn survived. They've got the two points. Yeah, a little Penguins <coughs> radio network there with the call. Yep, Penguins beat Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh. Did beat the, the Devils yesterday. Uh, they get the two points uh, in regulation, as you would think, as uh, they inch closer to a playoff spot. And I tell you, put a fork in the Rangers. They're, they're basically done. Uh, they had the worst-case scenario. You know, Remember this week earlier, or late last week, I guess it was, where the Rangers were playing the Devils, who stink, and the Bruins were playing the Capitals, who were obviously very good. And uh, the while well, the Rangers did win, the, the Bruins won. So, you know, going into that game, I'm sure the Bruins would have said, oh, we'll, we'll maintain our four-point lead coming out of this scenario, right? Game we could lose, and the Rangers aren't winning. Uh, Rangers aren't losing. So last night, it kind of was in reverse in that uh, the Rangers had the difficult game against the Islanders and the Bruins had the gimme game against Buffalo, which they did win 2 nothing. And uh, the Islanders, though, beat the Rangers. Now the Rangers are six points back uh, with 10 games left and the Bruins have two games in hand. So that's done. So the Bruins are more concerned about the Penguins and trying to catch some of these other teams in the East as the Penguins, Capitals, uh, and Islanders all have uh, 60 points, and then the uh, Bruins have 56. So they're, they're all kind of battling for um, the top spots there. But that all said, <clears throat> with this game in particular, uh, 58 points. And Washington and, and the Islanders have 62. Uh, Pittsburgh now 61. Boston 58. And the Rangers 52. So, as you know, I don't lay three to one in a hockey game or a baseball game, uh, for that matter. I'll do it in football, but that that's a little different. Or college basketball uh, or even NBA, but not these other games. You, you can't do it. You got to lay a goal and a half, right? You, you could lay the uh, win in regulation, uh, but a game that's three to one as the Penguins were over the uh, Devil Dogs yesterday, part two. And that would drop it down to about two to one, maybe one seventy-five. You lay the goal and a half, and, and believe it or not, that'll drop a, an almost three to one line down the pick'em. It really is amazing 
how much that line drops by uh, just laying a goal and a half. And you're saying to yourself, you know, what are the chances of the Penguins? You know, if you think the Penguins are going to win, you're not thinking the Penguins are going to win by one goal over the dopey New Jersey Devils, right? The Devils have the second worst record in the NHL. Keep this all in mind. The second worst, only behind Buffalo. They got 34 points. They've won 14 games out of 45. They are 14 and 31. I mean, they are atrocious, right? So second worst team. And, oh, by the way, they've lost 10 of their last 11, including six in a row heading into last night's game. So you got an awful team. You got an awful team that's playing awful. And you got an awful team that's playing awful on the road. And you have an awful team that's playing awful on the road against a good team. Doesn't get more one-sided than that, right? So you got to lay the goal and a half with Pittsburgh. Opening period, Penguins come out flying. They don't score one goal in the first period. They don't score two goals in the first period. They don't score three goals in the first period. They score four goals in the first period, including one by our boy there, uh, Brian Rust. Four nothing Penguins after one. Could not have painted a more realistic, better picture than that if you're laying Pittsburgh goal and a half. Second period, you're always concerned. You're going to have a little bit of a letdown after a monster first period, right? Minute and change into the second period, Penguins score again. It's 5-0. Period plays on. About four minutes and change left. Penguins score again to make it 6-0 Pittsburgh after two periods. 6-0. Again, in case you weren't paying attention, the Penguins are playing the New Jersey Devils. Second worst point total in the NHL. They've lost 10 of their last 11, including six in a row. They are a joke. I got a Penguins team that's fighting for a playoff spot and playoff position. I got Sidney Crosby. I got Jeff Carter. I got our boy Brian Rust. I got Malkin, and I have a 6 nothing lead. <clears throat> which means I can give up four goals, even if Pittsburgh doesn't score again, and still win. I bet, without knowing for sure, the Devils have probably not scored four goals in one period all year. I know they had three late against the Rangers last week and made the game competitive, but I, I, I would venture to guess if they did, it's maybe only once. Not happening. And again, we can give up four because that would be a 6-4 Penguins win. Um, I'm really willing to bet they've not scored five goals in one period. Not happening. Not happening. Mark it down. Beautiful bet. Winner. Let's double it down. We got a couple of late games. We got the Vancouver Canucks in action later on tonight. Let's take these winnings and parlay that into a Vancouver win. All we really need to do is survive like the first two, three minutes of the third period. The game's over, if it's not over already. Uh, Penguins uh, commit a penalty, and uh, the Devils go on a power play. And they score 41 seconds in. All right. No big deal. It's it's six to one. I, I can give up four goals. They're not scoring five goals. 
Couple minutes go by. Five and fourteen five minutes and fourteen seconds, and uh the devils score again. Shorthanded goal, no less, to make it six to two. All right. That's okay. No big deal. Couple of minutes go by. Nathan Bastion scores for the Devils to make it six to three with just over 11 minutes left. Now we're starting to get a little concerned. <coughs> I mean, they're, 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 there's just no way that the, the Penguins are. No, it's it's not. not. Not against the Devils. You know, maybe against the Bruins, maybe against the Capitals, maybe against the Island. Not, not the Devils. No. Not the next to last place Devils. No, no. Come on. We're, we're Sidney Crosby when you need him. I mean, come on. You know, let, let's put an end to this little rally here. Should we? Shall we? So Sidney pays attention. He scores for the Penguins to make it 7-3 with uh, eight and a half or so minutes left. All right. The world is back on its axis. We're all okay. 7-3. Bingo. Pencil it in. Winner. Pen it in. Forget about pencil. Pen it in. Winner. Because there's no way the Devils are scoring three times or more in the final eight and a half minutes. Now, especially after Pittsburgh scored. Any kind of goodwill feeling that the Devils may be generating by scoring three goals, thinking they're going to come back and win this game, not happening after Sidney Crosby just scores. No way. At 11-15. Minute and a half later, Jack Hughes scores for the Devils to make it 7-4. Now you're thinking, well, thank goodness for the Crosby goal. Uh, otherwise, we really have to be sweating it. So still up three with seven minutes left. We still have a goal to give. Minute later, Nathan Foote scores for the Devils, his first of the season to make it 7-5. And we still have six minutes left. Seven stinking from the Devils have scored five goals in 13 minutes and 56 seconds. They haven't scored that many goals in a week, for goodness sakes, let alone 13 minutes and 56 seconds. Now we have to sweat it out. But the only good thing is, you know, somewhere along the line, the Devils are going to pull a goalie. Not that we need an empty netter, but minute go by. We're down to uh, five minutes, no goal. Minute goes by, down to four minutes, no goal. Minute goes by, down to two minutes, no goal. Starting to feel pretty good. All right, whew. That's all part of gambling. You know, it's no fun winning six to one. We want to win seven to five. That's just how nature is. That's what we get. That's why we gamble. We don't gamble to win money. We gamble for the thrill of it. And you know what? This was a great ride by the Penguins. They go up big. We're all excited. Devils made a run. And that that's, you know, that is the quintessential hockey game. We're going to win seven to five. Lay the goal in half and cha-ching, cha-ching. We walk away with this thing. Sweating it out. Put something to talk about at the water cooler tomorrow morning. Until Andreas Johansson sets in. 19-19, and I'm assuming with the goalie pulled, the Devils score again. 7-6 is the score. And you think the Penguins got an empty netter? No. 7-6 is your final.
Oh, what the fudge? You got to be kidding me. The Penguins, in essence, blew a 6 nothing third-period lead in a game which they even scored with the Sidney Crosby goal midway through the third period. They gave up six goals to the New Jersey Devils, and they win by just one. Ugh. That's got to be the worst, and I'm not talking, that's got to be the worst NHL bad beat of a team that ended up not really winning. I mean, that is just welcome to gambling, folks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yes, fastball. I love when Shohei trusts his fastball. I do, too. Six strikeouts. So that puts a couple on now. Final batter of the outing for Otani. The 2-2. Got him. Split-fingered fastball. And down goes Connor Falefa. It is. I think he just did it. I think he just did it. The timing is back. Yes, he did. And it is Trelaher. Boy, he put a charge into that one well over 400 feet. Routes fifth home run of the season. Angels add on. It's now 3-1. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Uh, Angels Radio Network there with the call as uh, the LA Angels do beat the Texas Rangers 6-2. to two. Really a quintessential game for uh, the Angels in that uh, you got Otane pitching and he goes four. Although, I, you know, ideally I suppose you would have liked to have gone like six or seven innings, but he threw 80 pitches. So threw four shutout innings, struck out six, did walk six or struck out seven, walked six guys. Uh, but allowed just one hit, and then you got home runs out of uh, Pujols, and then, as you heard there, Mike Trout with another clutch home run in the third inning, or fourth inning, whatever it was. 6-2, Angels uh, do win it uh, for L.A., and uh, who got the win? Not Atani, so uh, Cannon gets the win coming out of the bullpen. But, uh, yeah, back to the hockey. How how about that? Is that an awful beat or what? Oh, brutal. Scott Wilson said he's going to take you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You have a 6-0 lead at home. Against the Devils, who have lost 10 of 11, who, you know, generally stink anyway. I mean, there's just, and to give you an idea, uh, you know, they had not scored, obviously, you know, six goals in a period, nor five goals in a period. And I don't even think four goals in a period because they've only scored that many goals one other time. A game against Buffalo last week or two weeks ago. I mean, that's only the second time all year the Devils have scored six goals in a game. I mean, it's just the odds on, I I don't, you know, uh, I did not work in game live last night, so I was not paying attention. But, you know, they, they post some ridiculous numbers 
I don't think, you know, uh, that they would have posted an in-game line number on that game. Not on, you know, the money line. You know, laying three and a half goals or four and a half goals or five and a half, yes, but not the money line. But if they had, you know, what would have been the money line on Pittsburgh? Can you imagine that? Let's just say it was something ridiculous. And they they post some really crazy numbers on FanDuel. Uh, They'll they'll post, you got to lay 100,000 to win 100 in regularity. But believe it or not, I mean, it's really, and we, we laugh all the time. Whenever I host a show, it's it's like, you know, who's putting a hundred thousand down? I don't care if you're Floyd Mayweather, who's putting a hundred thousand dollars down to win a hundred? You know, I mean, you know, they do it just to for for joking sake. I mean, right? Think about it, it's a thousand dollars to win a dollar. You know, put it in our world. You know, who's doing that? Nobody. So, but could you imagine if somebody did? Could you imagine if Floyd Mayweather said, ah, you know what, why not? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna put a million bucks down to win ten thousand dollars. Why not? I'm going out tonight. I need ten thousand dollars spending money. I'm not gonna lose. So there, you know what? Here's a million dollars for FanDuel. Put it in. Give me the Penguins. And then it's six to one. And then it's six to two. And then it's six to three as we went through it. Then you really start. Oh my god! I just pissed away a million dollars. Crosby scores. We're all okay. Seven and three. Then it's seven to four. Then it's seven to five. Then you get the, the goal to make it seven to six. And you're like, there's no way the Devils can score again, right? And obviously they don't, but seven to six. Wow. That is just brutal. That is just, just absolutely brutal. I mean, so that's, I bet you, that is the worst bad beat. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't throw these things out there just, you know, for sake of saying them. I can't imagine another worse bad beat in hockey in which the team that, you know, it's not like the NFL or basketball where you can cover the spread. You know, generally speaking, you have to win in order to complete the bad beat. But in this case, since they were monster favorites, it's not just like this was a pick game and you're going to lay one and a half. I mean, no one's laying minus 260. That's what it was yesterday. I don't know what it actually closed at. But, you know, everyone's laying, you know, goal and a half. So that has got to – I bet that is the worst bad beat of a team that actually did lose but covered the, the one and a half in NHL history. I, 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 I bet I, – I can't imagine – I'll have to read all the game story. There's so many games you can't read all the recaps and everything, but I, I can't imagine another team scoring more goals. That might set the record for most goals scored by a team in the third period that lost the game as well. We had like maybe two records last night. I don't think the baseball one is, but you know the Dodgers and Mariners getting only four combined hits, runs, errors combined uh, has got to be pretty darn close because obviously you got to have one run, and you know no one's getting there was never a no hit game for both teams. You know when when the game ended uh, through nine, yes, but not when the game ended. So you know that there's got to be a game with had at least two. I think three is the all-time record. I, I think that double no-hitter game that ended up with three. Um, uh, I, I forget who was involved with it, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that ended up with three. Uh, so last night or yesterday afternoon, actually four, pretty darn close. And then last night, I can't imagine a team scored more than six goals in a loss in a period. In a win, yes, but in a loss, so oh, that's brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Now the thing is. They play again tomorrow. I wish they would have played tonight. Do, is it? Do you take the angle of the Devils are flying because they scored six goals in the third and they're going to come out flying again on Thursday? 
Or do you take the angle of the Devils are shot? They came all the way back, and they still lost for the 10th time or 11th time in their last 12 games. You know, which which one is it? If you're a Penguin, you know, are you relieved? Do you, you get a jump out of this? Are you depressed even though you got the two points? You know, which, uh, you know, yeah, what angle is what would, you know, welcome to game and try to figure out where the mentality is uh, of these guys. So tough one last night. Very, very tough. But that's that's part of game. Uh, it is. So Bruins beat the Sabres 2-0. So, again, they up their lead to 6 over the Rangers, who get whacked by the Islanders uh, 6-1. to That game goes over. Uh, not necessarily a bad, bad beating. You know, nothing's going to compare to the Devil game, but, you know, over under five and a half, and it's three to one. I mean, that's not the end of the world to get three goals in the third. But generally, you know, it would be because the Rangers scored to make it a competitive game, but the Islanders scored three times in a four-minute span midway through the uh, the third period to turn a three-one game into a six-one game, and the game goes over. Good win for the Islanders, who continue to play great hockey. They they are flying under the radar as they do, you know, uh, every single year. It seems like. Uh, that's a dangerous team come playoff time. They get timely goals, and they get great, good goaltending. Uh, Hurricanes win in Tampa 4-1, so they uh, split that uh, two-game series. They might have one more game. They might have been a three-game series. Tampa won two nights ago in uh, overtime slash shootout. Hurricanes winning last night. I tell you, Columbus lost again. <clears throat> that's the team that we got to go, you know, really go big on. As the Panthers beat the Blue Jackets, who have completely given up now for, for John Tortorella. You, you might as well just fire him now. There's no way in the world he could come back. Um, you know, his his attitude, you know, it just runs dry. It just, you know, they have now lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, seven straight and 14 of 16. And they're not even competitive. Five one last night. 4-2 the day before, 5-1 the day before, 4-1 the day before. I mean, they're, they've been outscored these last four games, 18-5. Uh, to five. Wow. You know, that may not seem like that that big a deal, but again, in a league in which, as we saw last night with the, you know, with the uh, Devils, in a league in which most games are one-goal games, you lose three games like that, 4-1, 5-1, 5-1, you're getting spanked. You know, their season is basically over. They realize they're not making the playoffs now, and they're not playing for Tortorella. Boy, and they got two games against Tampa. <clears throat> you know, you, you got to figure they're going to lose those two. Then they got Detroit, Carolina, Nashville, and Detroit. And that's actually good that they got Detroit on there because the odds will drop. But, you know, what? they have no motivation to play. Uh, and, and Detroit might, so you might get actually halfway decent value uh, by going against them. But that team is just wow. For a team that made the playoffs last year, fourteen or two and fourteen their last sixteen games, and, and and how many times did they lost by more than one goal in that span? One, well, by one goal, two, three, four, only four goals, only four times. Out of 14, did they lose those games by one goal? All the others by a, a goal and a half or, or you know, by two goals or more. So they, they we got to go against them all the time. Uh, Dallas beat Detroit 5-2. to two. Vancouver did win 2-0 now since coming off that, that COVID three-and-a-half-week uh, 
suspension of their play. Uh, four goals in the third do the Canucks get, and they beat the Toronto 6-3, and then uh, the uh, Kings beat the Ducks 4-1 uh, to wrap up your NHL. Uh, Colorado and St. Louis postponed uh, with the COVID stuff. So, uh, rough, rough, rough day. Rough day in, in the NHL, for sure, uh, with the bad beats. Basketball last night, the late game. Uh, Clippers beat the uh, Trailblazers. Uh, Minnesota beat Sacramento, if anybody cares, 134-120. But you know, it's a, it's a broken record. That's why I'd rather spend 15 minutes on the NHL, albeit a Devils-Penguins game, But because Clippers and Trailblazers last night, right? Should be a real good game. You know, Clippers are 40-19. and 19. They're playing good basketball. Jailblazers, uh, seven, eight games over 500. they They're at home. They're fighting for a playoff spot. You got to figure that's going to be a good game. You know, rivalries to a you know, little bit, uh, you know, certain extent anyway. And uh, what happens? Clippers don't play Kawhi Leonard. Now, we, we, you know, he's got the built-in excuse because he's had so many injuries that it's like, all right, <clears throat> you know, we've almost given him a pass on not playing. The Jailblazers, who are in a tougher spot than the Clippers, who, you know, no matter what, they're in. The Clippers aren't falling out of a playoff spot. Uh, but the, the uh, Trailblazers are trying to hold on to that number six spot they start the day only two games ahead of Dallas. You don't want to fall into the seven hole because, again, the seven hole has to have that one game playing with the eight team. So you, you really you know the one through six is where you want to go. And, you know, we only got, what, 15 games left, left less than that now, but right around there. And they sit uh, Damian Lillard, by far their best player. Why? Because they play tomorrow, meaning tonight, against Denver. So they got back-to-back home games, no less. So they're not traveling. They're not hopping on a plane. They're not going to a hotel. They're not packing luggage. You're playing a basketball game. You're going home. You're getting a good night's rest. You're getting back up in the morning. You're spending time with the friends and family. And you go to the ballpark, I don't know, what, 5, 5.30 uh, local time for a 7.30, 8 o'clock game. And Damian Lillard, who's not 90 years old, can't play as their best player by far can't play in back-to-back games. And Portland ends up losing by one to the Clippers in a game that, you know, they really need. And now they're, they're just one game ahead of Dallas for that the number six spot. I, it's just every single day, you know. The two best players, best Clipper, Kawhi, best uh, Jailblazer, Lillard, and neither one plays in what should be a big-time game. I just it's – it's so – it's so aggravating, the NBA. I mean, they, they really test your will on supporting this league. It, it just, you know. So there's Paul George. You ever want to put him in a hero's role, but he almost played last night for the Clips because they, they, they do win. More after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Man, it's uh, it's, it's humbling. Um, be a, a L.A. County kid growing up in Palmdale, um, catching all the L.A. games, whether it was Lakers or the Clippers. 
um, to be able to represent uh, my family, my friends, um, and just, you know, be hands-on with my community. Um, you know, you, you can't pass that offer up and that opportunity up, and uh, it's bigger than that. You know, I'm chasing a, a first ring for myself, and not, not only for my, myself, but for the franchise. So um, it just hits on so many different levels. All right, that's Paul George. I'm not sure what you're talking about there, Chris. Uh, did he get something that uh, you know I didn't bring up? Uh, I'm not sure uh, what he was uh, referencing there as far as uh, sounds like he got some award. Uh, but, uh, oh, a charity? <clears throat> he got honored by a charity? That's it's cool. So at least he played last night. You know, really just uh, pathetic. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, one, th- those games are unbettable. I, I don't bet uh, Brooklyn Net or LA Clipper games. Just don't do it. There's, there's a number of teams I just, because uh, you, you just don't know what you're getting. You know, it's one thing to not know what you're getting because the players are, uh, you know, not interested. It's another thing to not know what you're getting because you just don't know who's playing. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you know, I wish they would announce these things, you know, early, early in the afternoon, but a lot of times they don't announce them until an hour or so, sometimes less than that before the game tips off because they don't want the opposition to know. And ah, it's just so stupid. It, it's, you know, it's, it's basketball. It's not back to back football game. I don't understand. Listen, we, we can debate on them should be able to play 30 minutes of back to back games, but okay, let, let's just for the sake of argument, give up that argument. If you're worried about their minutes, why can't you just play half a game on Tuesday and then half the game on Wednesday and make the half the games the second half of those contests? Because we all know what happens to the first half is meaningless. I, I don't you know, if it's about a minute restrictions thing, okay, but just don't play them as much. You know, you don't have to play the first half of that game if you're a Kawhi Leonard and still be involved in the second half and be able to play tonight. Uh, or or Damian Lillard. I, it's just, ah, uh, just dope. All right, one hour to books. More coming up. <laughs> 